Greetings, future lovers. This is Killstreak, episode 51. I am Dick Gooley, here with my brother, Mick Gooley, the Gooley brothers, Dick and Mick. How you doing here, Mike Price? Uh, it's your shoot your name, your 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 real name. So uh, I, I don't want anybody to be confused here, uh, because I want us to also mm-hmm. independently get famous. And if, pe- if we oh, start diluting our brands, then I, I worry that people will be able to find our actual content online. So, well, do you? I'm Dick I- Gooley. That's Mick Gooley. <laughs> but real name Mike Price. I'm Eric Goslin. The Gooley Brothers back again. <laughs> I feel like are we we're like fucking click and clack. Uh, remember those guys always had three fucking names because uh, it was like car talk, click and clack, the Tappet brothers, the Tappet brothers. Yeah, that's right. right. And then their actual <laughs> we're the, names. Uh, we're the click and clack of horror movie podcast. Yeah, we're Dick and Mick. Uh, we're the what? We're the Ghoulie brothers. Um, yeah. We also go by Mike Price and Eric Gosselin. Yeah. Um yeah, I am good. Thanks for asking. I'm in the midst of some inclement Texas weather. We've got a we've got a little mini uh winter happening. Snow, yeah, it's ice crazy. storms. Also in the uh, in the northeast too. I'm oh, sorry, northwest. My friend uh. Mike got a tree it fell on his house. Oh and, shit. Uh, fuck some shit up, yeah. Crazy weather all around, but not here in sunny Southern California. Oh uh, well. Uh I don't know. You guys have the fires and shit the rest of the year. So yeah, yeah. And we get off your high horse. A terrible COVID problem. Well, we did. It's getting better. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Cool. 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 Uh, we watched Arachnophobia tonight. I just want to shout that out. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We don't do the things we viewed, but I just figured, apropos of absolutely nothing, I would announce that to the to the podcast. Everybody, uh, if you haven't seen it in a while, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we should get back to uh, to putting what we're watching online, but. The truth is, I haven't really been watching a lot of horror movies uh, mm. outside of the podcast, uh, but I should. I don't know why yeah. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I watch a few here and there. I certainly, I would say that with the obligatory at least one horror movie a week that we do, that it's probably cut down on some of my uh, my horror viewing. Yeah, same here. A lot of horror adjacent stuff for me. Like I watched a couple well, last week or the week before. I watched Class of 1999. That was bad. Oh yeah, yeah. The movie's uh, cool. It's fun. <laughs> it was fun, but it was bad. It's not. Yeah, it's uh, not good. But it's yeah. I, uh, I as friends of mine know, I enjoy a good punks in uh, mm-hmm. 80s movies movie, and that is like gang of like lunatic punks running, yeah. like, destroying a uh, society. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard Class of 1984 is legitimately good. I have to watch that one. Oh, maybe to... that. No, I'm sorry. That's the one I was thinking of. Is Class of 1984? Oh, yeah. yeah, this is the this is the sequel, Class of oh. 1999. Oh, I've never uh, seen that. Then sorry. Okay. All right. So maybe <laughs> I was, maybe it I was is getting bad. confused with um. There's a ripoff of Escape from New York called like 1999 Bronx Warriors or something. Yes. Yeah. Which I've also seen. Uh, it is a lot of fun, but not good at all. Uh, yeah. that's what. Sorry. Yeah, Jesus Christ. 1990 Bronx Warriors, that's what it is. All right, you guys, there's a lot of numbers going around. Yeah. Who can be sure what's happening? But but, uh, this week we're talking about the year 1989, not 99, or technically 90, but a production from 1989. I don't know. Released in 1990, we are talking about Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, the third sequel, or the second sequel to the original 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There is also Leatherface, which is the prequel to the mm-hmm. reboot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So don't yeah. be confused. Hopefully you didn't watch that one because no. we're not going to be talking about it. No, I think we made that clear at the outset of this month that we were yeah, yeah. We're only covering the OGs. Um, yeah. And also, you know, in the title, um, in the... Uh, in the in the feed, you guys will see Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. So look for that three. That's a big one. That's a big um, one. Yeah, but anyways, uh, this is another Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, isn't it? It is. So okay, let's get into our blood and guts check here. Um, this is a movie that I saw once. Okay, um, and it was probably shortly after seeing part two. Okay, I, in my memory, I was going on a run of like all of them. Sure. And uh, I I remember really liking this movie and it being like okay. my favorite of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels. Yeah. Um, watching it now, mm-hmm. I have no idea why I thought that. <laughs> uh, I, it must have been something I was responding to with part two, which is very okay. different, you know, tonally yeah. than the first one. And maybe mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this is more of a standard horror movie and liked that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm. That is interesting. I think that's a fair response. I think that, yeah, I mean, there are all these different criteria which, which we could theoretically judge a movie by. And I'll say this for Leatherface. This is probably a more appropriate sequel to yeah. the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre than 2 was. Yeah. Um, is it good? Not really. No. But, but I mean, I don't know. It had its ups and its downs. I think it's pretty capably made. I think that's something I wanted to call out immediately. That it's like, yeah. it's like a pretty well-produced movie. It doesn't... I mean, all right, parts of it look amazing. I think all the exterior stuff looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then some of it also just looks like a 90s made-for-TV movie. Or like a little late bit, 80s. yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, man, I, I just, I had a movie in my head that just mm-hmm. wasn't this movie. I didn't remember it very well. Very, yeah. like, bits and pieces. But, um, yeah, this is kind of a bummer for me, this this viewing. Because I really was very excited to watch it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I this is the only one that I know for sure that I had never seen. Um, because I do believe that I've seen The Next Generation, which will mm-hmm. be next week's movie. I've only seen it once, and it was long ago. Same here, yeah. Um... I remember and a really great nude shot. <laughs> there's nice. a good, there's a good flashing scene. So far, this movie, like, was there nudity in in part two? No. Yeah. There's so some, th- uh, there's some in like the porno mag that Al- Alfredo. Oh, that doesn't is count. Yeah. Cutting up. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. So this this uh, this franchise needs some. Uh, yeah, it needs some naked bodies. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> preferably not getting sawed up, but uh, yeah. I mean, I think that. I, I coming into the record, I was like, I don't know if I hated this movie or if I thought it was okay, and I'm gonna kind of figure that out as we talk about it. Sure, yeah. It was one of those for me where it's like it definitely wasn't good. It wasn't like, oh, I really like this. Mm-hmm. Uh and my response definitely wasn't like, this is shit. This is awful. But it was definitely like, but I think I assumed I, I feel like I'm a little bit more on the negative side. Um, yeah, I definitely am because I really I don't know, I just built it up in my head yeah. all these years as being like, oh no, that's a good one. Mm. And I mean, I really just did not 
think did was not very connect good. with you. Huh? Did yeah. not connect with me this time around. Well, let's hear a little bit about it. What is? Tell me, tell me about some of the things that you that you disliked about this film. Well, it does a lot of remythologizing uh, who Leatherface is. Like even in the mm-hmm. opening crawl, it's like you know Leatherface was the heart of the family, and the family grew mm-hmm. around him. Uh, no, that's not what we've seen so far. Right. You can't just stick him with a with a group of new weirdos who have the same relationships. Yeah. Um I didn't like that. It was it was it's a very straightforward sort of like horror movie. Um yes. it reminded yeah. it reminded me of like a later Friday the thirteenth kind of movie. Uh-huh. Which, you know, say what you will about part two, that was a swing. It was a big swing. You know what I mean? And this was more of a safe, like, you know, it's we're gonna have guys running through the woods with chainsaws chasing sure. people. Um, I think I was really excited about Ken Fourier in, in the movie. Fourier, Fourier, mm-hmm. Fourier. Yeah, He's making um, a foray into acting. Yeah, who's uh, if you don't know, is in Dawn of the Dead, plays Peter. Um, and I was always like psyched whenever he would pop up in something. Yeah. Um, and he's good. I like him a lot in this movie. I think some of the performances are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a whole, I just I don't rem- I didn't remember this being as bloodless as it is. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure you know, uh, and many people who have uh, familiarity with this franchise know that this is this is the one that was famously hacked up by the MPAA. Um, mm-hmm. So it initially received an X rating from the MPAA, and this was apparently, according to Wikipedia at least, the last movie that ever received an X rating before they they phased it out and brought in the NC-17. Oh really? Yeah, but uh, I mean, one of those. I mean, you know, it's a classic story, similar to Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, I think, where um, you know they had to send it to the MPA so many times they cut mm. out, I think, four or five minutes of material. Um, sucks, dude. Like it really yeah. sucks. It feels like uh, the censored version of Jason Goes to Hell. Um, yeah, because I, you know, we well, I sent Mike the uh, a YouTube. Uh, of deleted scenes, a YouTube video of deleted scenes, and some of the gore was pretty cool. You know, yeah. not that mm-hmm. it would have like drastically changed my opinion on the movie, but it would have been better. Sure, and it's hard to say what effect it would have had if it had come organically over the course of the film. You know, you're never going to get the same effect by watching a bunch of deleted scenes and and thinking about what how they might change the impact of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But you can. The thing is, I think the harshest criticism is you can feel it watching the movie. Yes. Not just like not only does it feel bloodless, but it also like there's a bunch of odd cuts, like yes. where it yeah. like cuts away, and you're like, there definitely used to be more there, and yep. now this cut is sort of uh, messy because they had to take a bunch of shit out. Yeah, that was. Um, I was just about to say that if it made it feel disjointed. Yeah, I um, agree. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, and I would also say that, like, I think for me, like, uh, probably my biggest issue with this movie overall is that it's sort of boring. It gets, yeah. it's like pretty slow in a lot of parts, and um, and then it doesn't like, you know, but it doesn't build a lot of tension in a successful way like yeah. the first one does. You know, I think you know someone who is like sort of half paying attention. Uh, or is just not really surrendering themselves to the experience of watching a movie could 
could perceive the first third of Texas Chainsaw Massacre as being boring. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that perspective, but I understand where where people would maybe get that idea. Yes. Um, but this one is like that for like half the movie. <laughs> it's just like kind of a snooze. Yeah. yeah. And it looks kind of cheap too. Like a lot of a lot mm-hmm. of nighttime shots just walking through the forest. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was shot well. I, I'll be honest. I don't think it... I think we'll, we maybe will disagree a little bit there that I did feel like this... I mean, to me, it just like... I, it's more traditional. It, it's shot like a capable, to me, what mm-hmm. feels like just a horror movie. Whereas a lot of my issues with part two were things that other people like, which is the sort of very exaggerated, almost cartoonish look of that movie, mm-hmm. which didn't work for me. And right. this one, it was sort of nice to have it come back to like yeah this looks like a fucking like you said it does look like a later friday the 13th movie Mm -hmm. um this is a very um what's the word i'm looking for um like not like a synonym for down the middle (laughs) like a jerk like a um yeah just a real down the middle uh, (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh, eric and i lost our sore eye (laughs) (laughs) sorry Um, listeners yeah, but I mean, and that may not be, and I don't think that's a coincidence because, so this is also, this movie marks a switch from, so the first one was obviously independently produced. A lot of stories about how everybody got fucked out of a bunch of money on that. Really? Uh, yeah, which I guess we didn't really get into that much on that episode, but there's a ton of, yeah, horror stories about cast members getting almost nothing. Even the filmmakers, like, really, I think Toby Hooper and Kim Hankel are, like, the only people who made a, a buck off the movie who were actually involved in making the movie. Really? Right? Oh, that sucks. They basically got hosed by, like, the mob. <laughs> like, one of wow. their financiers was, was had, like, you know, crime family connections, and they basically just, you know, the money never got to where it needed to go. Wow. Yeah. But then the second movie went over to Canon. Um, who had set up a three-picture deal with Toby Hooper, right? So this one is the first one with really no involvement from Toby Hooper. He was originally going to produce it, and then that kind of fell apart. Um, But this switched over to New Line Cinema. Um, So Mm -hmm. this is the house that Freddie built, right? So Mm -hmm. they they basically were like, okay, Nightmare on Elm Street's a cash cow for us, but that series is kind of ending at this point in the late 80s. And they said, all right, what are we going to do? Oh, well, let's buy the rights to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's also part of the motivation why this movie is titled Leatherface, right? Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Sure. The, the idea was to kind of put him front and center like Freddy Krueger. And they were like, okay, we're going to make Leatherface a thing now. Yeah, Leatherface um, is the mascot of this movie, which I guess he always kind of was. He's the most famous yeah. of the killers. But um, I think all so, that was that was something that happened after the fact, though, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, it feels that way. Know. Because mm-hmm. he has, you know, he sh- I don't know if he has equal share time, uh, screen time to the mm-hmm. other two, but he has the, I mean, I would say in the first movie, like the other guys have more of a f- presence in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leatherface is certainly shocking to look at. Right. And he does a lot of the killing, but like the other guys like kind of eat up a lot of the air mm-hmm. yeah. around him. I agree. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, but what I was saying is as a New Line uh, production, I feel like 
yeah, there's there's sort of a deliberate attempt to make this feel like a franchise movie, right? Mm. Like this feels like a later Friday the 13th or a later Nightmare on Elm Street movie and that they're and, trying and to like get in that zone. I think that was really what bummed me out the most about it, watching it this time was just that it felt down the middle, as we've been saying. Like that's yeah. there's nothing about it that really stood out of being like, fuck yeah, here we go. This is mm-hmm. intense. This is that classic Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, mania that that I love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, even e- e- the e- part two has a little bit of that. It's certainly madcap and has right. a lot of energy. Uh, and this one just didn't have a lot of energy, I guess, is, at the end of the day. I think that's very fair because I do think. But in, and here's what I'll say is that this movie, the in the, the ways in which I would complement it a little bit are I agree with you that the energy is very different and we get a similar setup to all three movies where we have the family kind of in their home or they're, you know, in two, it's like their home base or whatever, like fucking carnival underground. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we see this whole, I guess we learn they're the Sawyer family uh, mm-hmm. in this movie. We see them all in we their were, element. Yeah, in the last one we learned that. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and like a lot of sick shit happens, but in this movie they play it with a way different energy. So it's not that turned up to eleven, like you said, kind of mania of the first film, and really the second film. But what they do instead is they kind of go and it, it. What it reminded me of more than anything else was like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Sure, okay. Where it has this almost pedestrian vibe to it, which is creepy in a very different way. Hmm. Like they, they almost. The the scenes with the mother and the, and the brothers and the daughter, like all and, you know, in the whole time um, when Michelle's, you know, tied up in their living room or kitchen or whatever, mm-hmm. like they play everything as it's so matter of fact. And it's such like a normal sort of routine thing for them that in a way it does capture some of that, like shocking sickness of mm. the first movie, I think, which That's was really to me was really missing from the second one. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the second one was just so goddamn over the top that it's like, well, yeah, this is just a different, it's just a different animal. It's nothing like the first movie. Whereas this one, I think, is like a tweaked version of that same kind of, like, people are gross. Like, you know, human yeah. beings are awful. Uh, the real monsters are everyone. And, you know, and like, again, this idea of, like, marrying eating meat and and sort of like that industrial complex of like working in a slaughterhouse and all that stuff. And, but anyways, all that being said to me, that extends to like a maybe 20% chunk of this movie that I like enjoyed how that stuff sure, unfolded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of it, like I said, kind of a fucking snooze. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I, I wish I had, I, I had, I had a ton of thoughts Right after I'd watched the movie on Wednesday, <laughs> and then yeah, you uh, texted I, me that you were excited. I'm excited to talk, about, to talk it. about it. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, <laughs> now, like looking back over my notes, I'm like, uh, yeah. But that's the thing about. I also think that's the mm-hmm. thing about this movie is mm-hmm. that what I was okay. What I wanted to talk about more than the actual movie itself was my memory of the movie being okay. so different from my experience watching it this time. And I don't know what to attribute that to other than I think now yeah. I'm just a more mature viewer of things sure. and, and, and maybe a little more um, uh, distinguished, mm-hmm. distinguishing in my tastes. Um, so I think maybe this might be the case of some other movies where first time I watched it, I liked it. 20 years later, I watched it again. I didn't yeah. like it. 
maybe a third watch at some point in my life will mm-hmm. be like, yeah, that's not so bad. But right now, yeah. I'm just kind of feeling pretty down on it. Well, I think, I mean, also, t- maybe, I don't know if this is true or not of what you're saying, but I could see this movie having, a, because it is a more run-of-the-mill, it's basically a slasher movie. Yes. Um, Like, in a way that the, the this this series really hasn't been up to this point. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was another thing, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that those movies like worked well on us when we were younger, and mm-hmm. that kind of young, that run of the mill approach, I could see being more impactful to you the first time you see it, and when you're younger seeing it, and then this time, especially after you and I have sat through a lot of these movies, yeah, yeah, you know, just be like, well, this really doesn't distinguish itself in a lot of ways, and it's like the scares that it does go for a lot of the time are kind of half-assed, I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. So I think in terms of like, you know, behind the scenes stuff, uh, the people who put this together are not surprisingly kind of, I don't know if journeyman is the right word, but just like workers, right? Mm-hmm. The director is a guy named Jeff Burr, who uh, doesn't really have a super distinguishing credit uh, to his name. I think that. Uh, this is maybe the biggest production that he's done. Stepfather yeah, 2, he like did a it. bunch of Puppet Master movies. But he's directed a ton of horror movies. So it's like, again, it's like not surprising. This is fairly early for him. But he had already done a couple studio horror movies at this point. And then the writer is a guy who fits sort of the same bill, again, named David Shaw. Uh, or it might be Scow. I'm not sure it's a CH, so uh, don't kill me. He's a little bit more famous because he's also a like a like a novelist uh, and a short story writer. So he writes a lot of horror stuff. Um, he wrote Nightmare on Elm Street Five. Oh, okay. uh, the Crow, I think, is his biggest credit. Probably he's the screenwriter oh. on that. Yeah, um, is Five the Dream Child? It is the dream child, but I think he was also a, he might've done a pass on that script. Oh, he was, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. he was not like the, uh, primary script screenwriter critters three and critters four. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, so, you know, again, it's like the, the people who made this movie kind of in line with the type of movie it ended up being just like a very sort of standard late eighties, early nineties horror slasher type of thing. Like, and again, like I said, it feels competently done to me. I think it looks like a professional film. This one was shot in California. Um, yeah, and you can tell. Yes, you can. Yeah, especially if you live in Austin. <laughs> you know, yeah. so we just watched two movies that were both shot, you know, in Texas and looked like it. And then this one, it's just like, oh, yeah, this is the desert in California. Yep. This is not yeah, exactly. This is that, not the that same. That was one of my big notes was like, mm-hmm. this is clearly like the palm desert mm-hmm. yeah uh and i think that like the sets and stuff work they built you know the house they built the gas station and they both function fairly well as mm-hmm. locations but yeah all of the landscape stuff if you've got an eye for it if it's something you start paying attention to it'll really get into your head and fuck up some yeah viewings. yeah totally. <laughs> yeah uh, it reminded ca- me of uh oh sorry to interrupt no no go it ahead reminded me of the uh 3d uh, Friday the 13th 3, 3 
<clears throat> that was also yes. in the first one shot in California. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, that's this is definitely like just in right. Idlewild or something. <laughs> it's not as bad as that because no, no. shooting shooting uh, California for Texas is one thing. They're roughly in the same quadrant of the country. Yeah, but shooting it for New Jersey, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just I'm still fucking mad at that movie for looking <laughs> for just the locale looking so shitty. Yeah. Um. The cast here is kind of interesting. Uh, you had already mentioned Ken Foray. He's definitely like a horror hall of famer. He's a convention guy. Like you said, he came to fame with Dawn of the Dead, but also like he has a like a long and impressive list of credits oh, at yeah. this point. Uh, and I mean, I think you've expressed more than once in the past being a fan of yeah, Ken I Foray. Even, when At the time, probably around the time I was watching this movie, I watched Keenan and Kel for a few episodes just because he was the dad on that show. Oh, really? <laughs> That's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm a big fan of his, too. And, and like, I agree with what you said. I think that he's one of the stronger performers in this. Um, and he sort of had a little bit of a career resurgence in the last 20 years, mostly stemming mm-hmm. from people who presumably loved him in Dawn of the Dead and were like, please me in my movie. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, a lot of Rob Zombie movies. Yes, yeah, he's a recurring character, I think, in the Devil's Rejects uh, universe, um, and uh, yeah, and Halloween as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we love Ken Foray, anyways. Um, Vigo Mortensen, yeah, that was a surprise for me. What'd you think about Vigo in this movie? He's fine. He's good in it. I mean, he's a good actor. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I would say like underused. Uh, sure, but also it's kind of late for Vigo, right? Like. He had had a pretty decent career up. No, I guess not. I guess this it is was like really just like... Witness. I mean, which was his first movie. Okay. That was like his big thing. And then I think it was it was still a few years after this before he started to become like a recurring even like character, not character actor, but like supporting actor. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, to me, I don't really remember Vigo Mortensen being somebody whose name I knew until the late 90s. Yeah, I I think even like Lord of the Rings was when Mm -hmm. I started to really know who he was. Sure. When when he got cast in Lord of the Rings, I was like, yeah, I know that guy. I've seen him and stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, but he Uh, wasn't he wasn't a big deal. Our friend Carol once Uh witnessed Vigo Mortensen at a Starbucks in his car, eat an entire bag of biscotti. (laughs) <laughs> oh man that's so fucking depressing because like if you're, gonna, if you're gonna splurge and like do like a binge which again like i'm not support like you know probably not a healthy behavior but it's yeah. like biscotti yeah biscotti sucks <laughs> yeah biscotti is made to be deliberately shitty unless you dip it in like hot liquid yeah <laughs> right he's just housing dry ass biscotti <laughs> it's like a, getting parched in his car yeah it's like a saltine <laughs> challenge but with biscotti yeah in a three hundred thousand dollar mercedes <laughs> presumably yeah um but uh yeah he's i think he he does well i'll say that like he comes off as a guy who's like oh yeah this yeah, dude's yeah. An act- he's he's an actor uh, it's not surprising that he would go on to uh, find success doing other stuff. Um, another complaint I would have about this movie, we have uh, this time R.A. Mihailov playing Leatherface. Mm-hmm. I, have, I, I have not enjoyed the physical performances from either of the last two Leatherfaces. I agree with you, uh, yeah. 
Um, uh. Yeah, the, it, it just doesn't have the screen presence as the, of the first of right. Gunnar Hansen. Yeah, Gunnar Hansen really is distinctive and creepy, mm-hmm. and but also feels somewhat natural in the way that he moves around in the first movie. And the funny thing is, like, with both of the last two movies, if you go into the behind the scenes stuff, it's like it's the same thing where it's like they wanted Gunnar Hansen to come back, but the producers and, and Hansen couldn't come to an agreement on, you know, payment. And it seems like a misstep on Hansen's part. Right. And the thing is, like, I'm pro labor till I die. All mm-hmm. the, but however, if you're fucking Gunnar Hansen, it's like, what else are you doing, dude? Like, I really don't know. Yeah, exactly. You know, unless if your thing is like, I don't want to act right. If that's your motivation, then I 110 percent respect that. And I said, mm. well, fuck. Yeah, don't do don't do some shit you don't want to do. But if the thing is, you're just like, I'm worth this much to play <laughs> Leatherface. And they're like, no, we're going to no. scale. Right. It's like, right. Just fucking take it, man. <laughs> like, come Negotiate on. Negotiate the next one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, but he he's definitely missed. I think this guy, I mean, this is what I'll say is like this dude is he's a stunt guy. He's like a Kane Hodder, you know, stable guy. Hodder was the stunt coordinator for this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would say that, you know, Kane Hodder uh, does a fine job as Jason Voorhees, but he's also not particularly notable in any way mm-hmm. other than he just keeps showing up. And I feel the same way about this guy. Yeah, he's a body. I think he's a little too small. I think I think both of the last two guys haven't felt as imposing as Gunnar Hansen. And uh, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I just remembered something that uh, may have also impacted my viewing experience yeah. the first time around. Um, so the guy who plays Tinker, you know, Tink, uh, yeah. in the movie, mm-hmm. who I also think is, does a pretty good job. Um, yeah. There's a line that he says that is in that was in a techno song that I listened to that was on a compilation. It's like a, ju- a drum and bass jungle song. It's the fuck oh the boy. flesh, give me steel. Um, and so I'd heard that song a bunch, and then okay. when he said it, I was like, "What the fuck? It's from this movie!" Like not knowing where it was from at all, and it blew my mind. And I just felt okay. like the coolest person in the world. So that may have oh, also man. gotten me. <laughs> psyched about it so at the at the time the first time you're like this is so dope and now you're yeah. like oh that's stupid that, yeah. that's the thing i cared about <laughs> i found it on a drum and bass compilation <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's a guy who shows up in some random stuff he's in the first nightmare on elm street and uh he's in roadhouse uh oh yeah he, yeah he's in the bodyguard so he's kind of like a working actor yeah i think tinker tinker i did like uh the guy who's doing the the token annoying member of the family is yeah. is as always annoying. Yep. Um not as bad for me as 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 uh Chop Top, um, who I think is gonna probably go down for me as one of the most grating characters in a movie we've watched until <laughs> he is dethroned. Uh but then the last person I want to talk about was uh our old friend of the podcast. Uh, William Butler uh-huh. uh, playing Ryan and also keeping the, um, you know, the sort of uh, patented killstreak cuck award alive. <laughs> <laughs> Getting cucked by Vigo. 
Yeah, because this guy is uh, a cuck and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is a, a real he and his girlfriend are wearing toast. like matching outfits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, yeah, does he have like little folded up khaki shorts or something? He has like you know he's wearing like uh like tapered pleated khakis tucked into like some t- high top tennis shoes <laughs> and like the same color sweater, and she's wearing the same exact pants, only purple in a purple sweater. So there he's like he's like the gray version and she's the purple yeah. version. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, he sucks. Um do I think he's a bad actor? Not really. No. He does a f- he's just like his character's fucking lame as hell. Man. Um, William Butler might be the most referenced person yeah. in Killstreak history. Absolutely I mean at this point, yes, because he's he's written Three of the movies we've covered. He's starred in at least two. We think that he maybe ghost directed Ginger Dead Man 2. Two. Yeah, he's right? written four of the movies. He wrote uh, Rave to the Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave, Necropolis, oh, that's right. Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust, and yeah. Saturday Night Cleaver. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's all over the place. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, another horror Hall of Famer. I don't know that it's more for showing up. <laughs> It's kind of yeah. like the, he's winning the attendance award. <laughs> There's no truant officer calling his folks. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the lead of Kate Hodge in this? Who plays Michelle? Uh, I thought she was fine. Um, uh-huh. You know, like towards the end of the movie, she doesn't have to do anything other than scream. But yeah, she didn't. I, I, you know, I didn't have strong feelings either yeah. way about her. What about you? I think she. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, I'll damn her with the faint praise of that she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. She's just kind of, oh, she's like... She's in Rapid didn't, Fire. She didn't... I have never seen Rapid Fire. Is that the Brandon Lee movie? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I want to check that out. Um, She didn't do shit. She didn't do anything bad. She didn't do anything good. She did she not really distinguish herself in any way. She's no... Yeah. Uh, I always I always want to say Marilyn Chambers, but no. She's no Stretch Marilyn does Burns. look kind of like Marilyn Chambers. She kind of does, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um. Yeah. What's her name? Something Williams, maybe. Uh, Marianne. Mar- Mar- Marilyn Burns. Marilyn Burns. Great. I was so close. No, that isn't Marilyn Burns from. She's the a first Sally, movie, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I thought we were talking about Stretch. Oh, 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 oh her Caroline something. <laughs> cool. I like her too. Yeah. This, this is the, <laughs> this, this is, is the content combo. our listeners I just mean, clamor like, as, for. <laughs> as the final girl, I think Marilyn Burns gotcha. is just like. Has, has a great set of lungs, you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. screams the entire move, mm-hmm. end of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Kate Hodge is no Marilyn Burns. I know Marilyn Burns is a friend of mine, and you, sir, are no Marilyn Burns. <laughs> um, Please, call me Mr. Burns. Marilyn is my father's name. Wait, yes, I got that all wrong. <laughs> Excellent. That's what we pay me for. Uh, all right. Anyways, we're gonna go. Uh, we're we're gonna hit the showers for a second. We're gonna do a couple poppers, and then, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Anything else? I think. No. You no let's let's get into this I, recap. I'm waiting for the episode when you say yes. I have something yeah, else I, I want to talk about. Saying, you always <laughs> ask happened. me, and I'm like, no, let's move on. I guess. Yeah, I just like to. Uh, I like to point out every episode to the audience that you're barely engaged in the making of the show. So I am absolutely engaged here. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just poking fun. Oh Jesus Christ! All right, we'll see you guys on the other side. All right, we got another opening crawl. 
recounting the first movie. Still Sally not John Larroquette. Still not John Larroquette. We find out, though, that Sally died in a hospital in 1977. So couldn't let her have a happy life. She had to die. No. The, uh, a single member of the murderer's family lived to see the trial. His name was W.E. Sawyer. Uh, he died in the gas chamber in 1981. So is that... I wonder who that, that's supposed to be. Is it the- I took this whole crawl as they're throwing out Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Because as far as we, we know, 2 takes place in present time. Yeah, and that would be like 86, right? Right. Yeah. I assume if W.E. Sawyer is supposed to be something, if someone it's the cook. Yeah, that's who my guess would be. Right, but this also just like they kind of fuck with the whole mythology of the family, which I is weird. It's a weird choice. It's a, it is a weird choice. It's unnecessary. It doesn't really need to be that way. Yeah, Leatherface, presumed to be an unapprehended killer, was in fact an al- an uh, alternate personality of Sawyer's, activated whenever he donned a crude mask made of human flesh. If there was actually a Leatherface, he remains at large, and so the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was only the beginning. Mm. Kind of a confusing setup here. It is. It also feels entirely unnecessary. Yeah, it really does. It sets up nothing that this the the movie itself doesn't tell us just by the way it unfolds. Yeah. And so they all right. So they're saying uh, whatever. Who cares? Who gives a shit? <laughs> I care. I want to hear. No, I was just saying, like, so are they saying that the cook? Uh, it was believed that the cook was Leatherface. Yeah, and he died in the gas chamber. But if Leatherface was a real person, mm-hmm. he's still out there. Right. I think what they're saying is that the cook was also Leatherface. That's what the cops would have us believe. Yeah. And the DA. But it's possible <laughs> that Leatherface was someone else, which would, you know, also is like, duh, of course. Like, if Sally was a witness, she'd be like, yeah, they were in the same room at the same time. And also Leatherface is twice as big as he is. Yeah. Or and are also, they saying that W.E. Sawyer was Leatherface and then this new guy, someone else It's like, none of it makes any fucking sense. Yeah. And I think they also say like wherever, wherever Leatherface goes, like a family rises up around him. Or, like they allude to that, right? Am I misremembering? I that? don't remember that, but okay. it's possible. Maybe, I misremember. Yeah. Maybe that was just my own thought. It's like, okay, so Leatherface escapes and then like he has a new family. Who are these people? I I mean, not to like jump way ahead, but I mean, the woman whose mother, I assume that's Leatherface's mother. mother? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because grandpa's still there. Yeah. Grandpa's still there. Yeah. Anyway, we get a, a woman being hit with a sledgehammer. Let uh, then the title card, Leatherface. The font looks cool. Yeah. Looks I was good. into that opening uh, title card. She's dragged away. We get some credits over Leatherface making a skin suit. Uh, the skin looks gross and good, and at this yeah. point, I was like, oh, yeah, fuck, this is going to be gory. Yeah, it's K&B doing some good effects work. Also, mm-hmm. very not coincidentally, this feels a lot like Freddy making his glove. It does. Like, yeah. Uh, a woman, Sarah, watches from the outside, and she snaps a twig. Leatherface snaps to attention, slides the door open with his, like, I think with his chainsaw. Rock and roll music blares. And then we cut to the daytime. Uh, we get a radio story about a site where a mass grave was found. And we meet our two heroes. Qu- in quotes, heroes. Ryan <laughs> and Michelle. milk toast main couple. Totally yeah. milk toast. Uh, he's listening to headphones. Will you stop hiding behind those? What? Radio reception shit. So is our conversation. 
So they're a couple yeah. going from L.A. to Florida. And then mm-hmm. maybe from Florida, she's going to move to New York. I'm not sure. She's definitely taking a pause on their relationship. Yeah. That seems to so be So why is he with her? He's like helping her yeah. with this car that she's bringing for her father. His criticism of the plan is valid, although her desire to leave him is even more valid. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, could be worse. At least we're not as bad as those people in a body pit. They ought to fry the sucker who did that. Violence is no answer to violence. <laughs> um, so we, we cut to it's nighttime now. The reporters are on the scene of this mass grave. We had a very quick glimpse of Stretch. I missed it. I had to go back two. and I had to go back and look again. Yeah, it's really if you blink, you miss it. Uh, she just like kind of like takes a breath and walks off frame. That's pretty much it. Right. Uh, and I just read it. It's, it uh, apparently is supposed to be Stretch. Canonically, mm-hmm. she became a, a news person. Right. After the second movie. Which makes no fucking sense, because this movie retcons everything that happened in the second movie. Yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> totally. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, people in hazmat suits are are walking around, clearing the bodies. We get some of those same f- uh, flashbulb sounds from the first movie. And then uh, we, the corpses look disgusting. Looks like, honestly, it looks like they're covered in cum. <laughs> 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 what is the name? Ad, Ad, uh, Adipose? Ad, Ad, no, Adpasir. Adpasir? I think that's what he said. I looked it up. Ad, Adiposir, A-D-I-P-O-C-E-R-E. It's the creamy breakdown of body fat. It's okay. gross. Oh, right, because adipose is a kind of fat. So It's a kind of fat, yeah. Adipasir. Grayish, waxy substance formed by the decomposition of soft tissue and dead bodies subjected to moisture. That sounds like the grossest fucking thing I can imagine. I absolutely. And like one of the guys who's picking it up to the other is like, hey man, watch out. You can get blood poisoning this way. It's like, oh, that's creepy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Should have listened to my old man and got into real estate. Yeah. There's 40 to 50 dead bodies in there. Mm. Should we? No, sorry. I just had an insane thought. And then I was like, should we talk about this off the podcast? I don't know. We, We have a mutual friend who probably would make an interesting guest at some point if she was interested in talking about oh, things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we have a friend who's a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. F- food for thought. <laughs> I was thinking about, uh, so like she's a mortician here in LA. She was the mortician for like Alan Thicke. Oh, yeah. And, so, and other celebrities who have mm-hmm. passed away. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, she gets to see all those dead dicks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that was my first thought, and then I'm like, "Oh, if I die, I definitely don't." Well, when I die, not if uh-huh. I die. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure at some point I will die. Uh, I was like, I really hope Lauren's not my mortician. I don't want her to see my little dick. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, well, especially just knowing, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just knowing her husband. I, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> All we need to say she is she must that- have a skewed version of vision of a, what a male yeah. anatomy is. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anyway, so this is an episode she can never listen to. <laughs> Come on to the podcast, Lauren. I think we're safe. I'm pretty sure she's not uh, religiously I, yeah, I, listening. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Ryan and Michelle are like at, at the uh, stopped at like a, you know, what's it called? They're stopped there. And, um, uh, yeah, the roadblock. Roadblock. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, deputy shines a light in the window. They explain they're going from LA to Florida. <laughs> I recognize. Wrong with their- uh, sorry, I was just gonna say I recognize this deputy immediately. This is me and my weird like character actor <laughs> brain. Yeah. Did you did did he seem at all familiar to you, Eric? <laughs> no, he didn't. No. <laughs> I didn't even go look him up. Uh, but I was like, uh, this this is the guy from Fight Club who has his neck and his head in. He's the bartender. Oh, uh, who's like all fucking strapped up because, you know, he's had his like neck broken in a fight and he's like, you know, security's good, sir. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cleaning a glass totally. the whole time. It's the only other thing I have ever seen him in. But anyways. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, Michael Seamus Wiles. All right. Um, something wrong with the airlines. And then, uh, then it's morning. They pull up to the, the last chance gas station. Oh, and, oh, oh, sorry. There's a, a billboard for the mm. for last chance gas station. Yeah. Uh, 10 miles ahead. They hit yeah. an armadillo. Yeah. The scene was interesting. I'm glad we, I'm glad you didn't skip it because. Yeah, I, I will say that of the early part of the movie, this is one of the things that like kind of stuck with me. This this whole armadillo scene. Yeah, it's pretty. It is actually pretty well done. They screech to a halt. Get out of the get out of the car. Um, and then they had to like put this armadillo out of its misery. She's going to do it, but then she can't bring herself to do it. So Ryan has to finish the job with a mm-hmm. giant rock. Did mm-hmm. you notice the armadillo had a little, little earring? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, and then I noticed it later too with another animal it has mm-hmm. a little tracking thing. Do you know what was the intention behind that? Do you have any idea? Uh, I mean, there, it doesn't go very deep other than it's the same earring that Tinker has. Oh, I didn't notice Tinker has it, but there mm-hmm. is a um, some other animal. I'm sure I marked it up ahead. Yeah, it's the coyote but, that they throw on the car. Yes, that's right. Oh, so mm-hmm. I wonder if it's like a trap set. It must be a trap set by them. Yeah. Or I mean, it's just like a tag or something that like these are their animals. Yeah. I don't that's know. pretty cool. Yeah. It doesn't really mean anything, though. No, it doesn't like, really pay off. But it yeah. is like if you read deeper into it, that it, it is kind mm-hmm. of cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Tex Vigo Mortensen gets out. He's like a hitchhiker, or yeah. made to believe. But they they haven't pulled up to the gas station yet, right? It's just he gets damn. there right before they do. Yeah. He we I don't see him why getting he's out. Doing an act yet. Well, it's he is hitchhiking. He doesn't have a car. Um, oh, so you got to ride there. Yeah, he hitched back to the gas station. But that anyways, right now, we just think he's a hitchhiker who's showing up at the gas station for the first time. Yeah, he looks cool. Yeah. He has like a scarf, tie, like a, a bandana tied around his neck. Yeah, he looks like <clears throat> Vigo Mortensen. He looks like he's going to steal your wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got Alfredo out front cutting out picks out of a nudie mag. Ryan and Michelle drive up. Um Oh, we get like a a repeat of the first movie where Alfredo surprises Michelle in the car and takes a picture of her and wants money for it. Yeah, and I found this interaction obnoxious because it's like it's not even a riff off of that scene from the first one. He's just doing the same line delivery. Yeah, um, he is. He's totally doing an impression. An impression. Yeah, it's annoying, and it's like, well, just have it be like him doing it. Have him do it his own way, mm-hmm. and it would be much more interesting. But yeah, no, it's not. Um, huh. will you just fill it up? Oh, I'm gonna service you real good, ma'am. And then he like mimes like fucking the back of the car with the <laughs> pump. He's like, because it, it fills up like in the back. Yeah, he's just like sticking it in and looking at her. <laughs> it's real yeah. creep shit. Yeah. 
uh, Tex defends her though. And then uh, he like touches her grill. He's like, oh, you hit something. It was an armadillo. Oh, if you were the last thing I saw before I'd die, I'd be a happy man. She's into it. She smi- She cracks it. a smile. Yeah, she is into it. The cucking inside of- Alfredo. <laughs> the cucking of Ryan <laughs> begins. <laughs> inside Alfredo rages. Don't you ever do that to me, bitch. Ryan, he, uh, Ryan comes out of the bathroom and then notices like a bunch of animal carcasses strung up into a mobile. Um, and Tex asks, asks Ryan for a lift. And Ryan says, no. He's in text like, well, you know, we're going this way. He's like, well, then you're going to want to go this way. It gives him a shortcut, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, then then uh, Michelle's like, all right, well, we'll talk about it. And then she heads to the bathroom. Inside the gas station, Alfredo pulls down some posters made up of like a collage of those nudie mags. And then like looks through a, a peephole into her in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, I did. Mm-hmm. I, I had some thoughts on this. Yeah, uh, go for it. Well, I'm no people expert. Um, yeah, <laughs> but just gonna throw out there: if you're putting a people in a bathroom stall, I don't know what it is you're trying to see. But yeah. I'm just gonna assume the worst. It's like Chuck putting Barry shit. Yeah, putting it at eye level doesn't make a whole lot of no, sense. Because yeah. <clears throat> and it's like it's a full like quarter sized hole too. yeah yeah but i mean even if it was yeah so even with that it's like you're not getting the angle like the tr- you know the geometry just doesn't work out oh it's like, sure i see you're gonna see her head and then she's gonna sit down and then she's gonna be out of view and it's like what do you yeah you're gonna see like maybe a glimpse of bush for a second i don't <laughs> think it. so i don't think you can see that probably though. not and then you're just see, here and see them shit or piss <laughs> it's like why why do you want to see that? well that's gotta i mean that's where this you just like gotta a, you gotta suspend your disbelief you just say well you got you i must i'm pretending i'm someone who wants to see all that business yeah that's true yeah uh yeah i'm with you it is bad peephole placement yeah. take it from the peephole expert here mike price <laughs> We Mick are Gooley. making Dick the uh, the Gooley brothers. Uh, you want to install experts. a people? We'll do it for you. Where we know how, you will not be detected. That's You'll right. see all the bits you like to see. If you guys want to send in, you call in about problems with your peoples. We'll diagnose them and <laughs> fix your. You know we are issues. being COVID safe right now, so yeah. uh, you know we can we can do it on FaceTime or whatever. But hey. If you want a real slamming peephole, we, we're to the guys. Yeah. Um, so Tex catches him, beats him up. Alfredo grabs a gun. The car won't start. They all rush into the car. Then it does. They drive off. He shoots out the back window. And then through the bullet hole in the window, they, Ryan sees Alfredo apparently shooting Tex. Then they take off down the route that Tex pointed out earlier. Yeah. It's a big gamble to it assume is. that they would go that way. And it's a dumb decision of them for them to go that to way. To go that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would never happen in the in the time of GPS. No. Cause like they're going off of a main highway to like side roads, essentially. The sun sets, Tex pulls off in a big ass oh, I guess it's Alfredo. I don't know, one of them pulls off in a big ass truck. It's uh, uh it's Alfredo. Is it Tinker? Is Alfredo? Or it is Tinker. It's Tinker, yeah. Yeah. We don't know that yet. This is a really cool looking shot. It's like it's like magic hour kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sunset. Uh looks great. Yeah, there's one really Alfredo cool sh- shot where they show it's just like a silhouette 
and it's just their Michelle and is that her name? Michelle? Yeah. Yeah. Their car just driving across the uh, horizon. And it's yes. Like yeah. Deep blue. Yeah. And I was like, this is like an interesting artistic shot. This is my favorite like portion of the movie. The way it looked. I thought it looked really Yeah. Cool. It looks good. I think it's a little boring. <laughs> yes, totally. So Ryan and Michelle are looking for the town. Then suddenly the truck's behind him, turns on its headlight. It starts chasing them. Then they hit a coyote that we talked about earlier. Blow Did, a tire. They don't even hit it. It gets thrown onto their car. Onto it. their car, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, we also see that it's tagged as well, like the mm-hmm. armadillo. Then we hear a squeaky noise. So it must be Tinker. Somebody with a leg brace is approaching. Or maybe it's Leatherface. I don't know. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? Leatherface has, has a leg brace. Has a leg brace. Tinker also has a leg brace too, right? Does he? Uh, I think so. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, they're changing the tire. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. It's Leatherface. He fires up his chainsaw. They rush to the car, but of course it won't start. Leatherface starts cutting it up. They back up into him, and uh, he tears, like, they pull off away, and he tears the whole trunk off as they drive away. Yeah. Pretty impressive feat of strength from Leatherface. Get some rap music, of course, <laughs> because the, char- the character's black. Uh, Ken Fourier, Fourier. I'll never do it right. <laughs> never get it right. All right, so we had a whole conversation before. In my head, I've oh, I've never heard his name spoken aloud, mm-hmm. and it's always been Ken Fourier, Fourier. Mm-hmm. In my head, that's my it's head. It's weird Ken. that you're adding the Y sound either way. Yes, I agree, Ken yeah. Fourier, but it's not. It's right. Ken Fourier. Yeah, because I feel like if you looked at it phonetically as an English speaker, you're like, it says Fory, not Fory. Um, but Forty. then I, as a man of the world, saw it <laughs> as, oh, it looks like French. It's like a double E would be an A, like entree, right? So I always said Foray. In me as a fucking dunce. Yeah. A bumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> so this anyway. fucking country rube. He, yeah, anyways. Please He's Benny. Um, somebody steps into the road. Ryan and Michelle swerve. Benny's coming the opposite direction, also swerves to avoid them, and they flip into a ditch, more of like a cliff than a ditch, actually. Yeah. Uh, Benny grabs a flashlight to check on them. They pull Michelle out. Ryan tells them that they're being chased by a guy with a chainsaw, and he doesn't believe him. <laughs> what is it? Militant lumberjacks? Which is like fucking classic slasher movie <laughs> shit, horror movie shit. Yeah. Just fucking believe the person. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. It always drives me nuts. I agree with you. And then the next thing he does is even more insane. Um, maybe I didn't, I didn't write it down. What, what is it? Well, uh, he gives her, he gives them painkillers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I noticed that after. I noted that later. Yeah, he gives them painkillers for it. That's right. Yeah, which, like, <laughs> knock them out. And it's like, this is fucking, this is a, this is a really a violation, I feel like. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's right. Um, so Ryan shows Benny the uh, chainsaw marks. That convinces him. They start to feel woozy because of the painkillers. Um, then Benny goes up to the road and he sees some flares. And this guy, Tinker, looks like he had a little mishap. He's got a hook for a hand. That's what I'm getting confused. He has a hook for a hand. Leatherface has the leg brace. Yeah. Um, okay. Michelle and Ryan pass out. 
Benny asks Tinker for help to get his Jeep out. And then Benny goes into the back uh, of the truck. And there's a chainsaw. Uh, just a second. I got to get something. <laughs> Rocket, brother. <laughs> That's a <good> line from <laughs> Benny. Benny. Benny goes back to his truck. Grabs his like AR-15 or something. Some, some assault rifle. Loads it up. Tinker's getting suspicious. Um, and then he fires up the truck. He's going to run him down and rushes at him. Benny jumps out of the way just as Tinker slams into his Jeep. And then Chainsaw blares. It's Leatherface. Um, he comes at Benny. Benny blocks the chainsaw with his gun, which gets cut. Um, but he knocks the chainsaw out of Leatherface's hand, which... As always, is still going. If you know yeah. anything about chainsaw safety, maybe they've modified <laughs> Leatherface's chainsaws. But as yeah. soon as you let go, that thing stops. Yeah. Uh, this is something that we might touch on later in the episode. But I think chainsaws in general as a horror movie weapon, like, they're always, they, they rarely deliver on the promise of a chainsaw yeah. because they're always being dropped they're always being knocked out of hands. They're always cutting the wrong person. They're yeah, malfunctioning. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I don't know. I feel like a knife is a much cleaner choice. Uh, Leatherface fires up like this little bone saw thing, slices his leg, Benny's leg. I did like that he had a tiny little saw. Yeah, like a tiny like, little saw. It like a derringer be. in his sock, but it's a saw. <laughs> that was pretty funny. My dad had a friend uh, who had a belt buckle with a derringer in it that like you could like snap the der- derringer out. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, Leatherface is about to deliver the killing blow when Sarah, the girl from the beginning who saw Leatherface at the window mm-hmm. pops out. Hey, scumbag over here. Leatherface knocks Benny out, chases her. Ryan and Michelle wake up and decide they have to get to safety. But they're all like woozy. They're like, yeah, oh, they're all woozy from fucking benzos. <laughs> yeah. It's like it really is a plot note that just doesn't work. No, it's unnecessary. They could have just yeah. been concussed from the yeah. from the crash. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they Leatherface chases Sarah. Benny gets up. Um. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Sarah. Leatherface is chasing Sarah. Her and Benny like cross paths. Um, and she like leads him away. Her armor's all cut up. Mm-hmm. She clearly has like PTSD from her experience. She right. basically says that like she's been in the woods for about a week now. The the Leatherface and his crew killed her family <clears throat> and she's been hiding in the woods. She's doing real I I, don't, I was not a fan of her crazy acting. No. And it's just also yeah. it's yeah, and it's a I mean, to not to her credit, but to give her a little bit of cover. It's a very poorly sketched out character. It is. It, very, it really is. It's this archetype of like the survivor that's like knows a little bit so she can dump some exposition on the on yeah. the new victims, you know? Exactly. Day before yesterday, I had to eat a raw fucking rat. Uh, Benny hears Michelle and Ryan uh, yelling and decides to go help them. And then... This is going to come back, guys. Sarah's like, hey, take this. Tosses him a Zippo lighter. Stupid. Why doesn't she just keep... <laughs> he, 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 whatever. She's um, like, you, um, might need to, uh, you might need to light a fire in a very crucial moment <laughs> later. Here's, 
Here's my lighter. <laughs> you might need to light a pack of stogies. Um, he gets to some bubbling swamp, catches like he's about to step on a tripwire. He's like a survivalist, I should have mentioned too. Oh, yeah, um, which we very briefly get sort of informed. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, What are you, some kind of weekend soul or what are some kind of soldiers? Like, only on the weekends. So he's like, you know, kind All of right. a subscribes to guns and ammo magazine kind of soldier of fortune shit um so he sees a tripwire triggers it (laughs) nice neighborhood sarah's walking around she sees a chainsaw hanging from a tree turns around right into leatherface he smacks her against the tree fires up his chainsaw and then off camera kills her now this was in that video Mm mm-hmm this was actually just like a botched special effect. Well, I mean, they he, had they had good footage. This got cut, like yeah, because oh, uh, there was also like a blooper where um, mm-hmm. what's his face, Robert Robert Kurtz is that his name? Kurtzman, uh, can, yeah, Kurtzman, yeah. Uh, he basically just like f- shot the he got like sawdust in his eyes or something, and was blinded and shot the blood like way 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 too <laughs> low and it just didn't look like anything. I mean, there's also good, there's footage of good takes, though, too. Like, that, that, yeah, he tells that whole story of fucking it up. But, like, there's some really cool stuff where she gets, like, sprayed with blood. And, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah. That, it looks awesome. Yeah, they cut this um, whole, fu- and this is the first thing, I think, that they, like, just, the MPA just fucking massacred. And it's clear, because they, like, cut to, like, a shot of a tree or something, and you can hear screaming. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Um, and then Ryan and... Ryan and Michelle here, Leatherface starts stalking them with his creaky ass leg. Uh, he reveals himself to them, chases them. Ryan gets his leg caught in like a bear trap. <laughs> and she leaves him. Leatherface captures him. We yeah, think he's has, dead, but he's not yet. She, yeah, she has a little moment of like back and forth, back and forth. And I mean, I do... I will say that not because this movie is good, but just because it's an interesting conundrum. I, you know, she's like debating, should she go back for him? But like, it's clearly the kind of thing where it's like, no, then you'll just both die. You got to. Yeah, yeah, totally. Team. Also, he's a fucking chode. Fuck him. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, she, she definitely like has a moment of a pause. Where she's like, well, should I help him? Should I not? Mm-hmm. But probably rightfully so. Doesn't yeah. help him. Save yourself. Forget the herb. Michelle finds a house. She hears somebody crying upstairs and she runs up there. It's a little girl. This is it's Sally is her name. I guess that's like the first movie. I didn't make that connection. Uh, oh, neither did I. She holds up her skeleton doll. It's like a little it's skeleton cre- doll. It's creepy. It's creepy because it has hair. Yeah. <laughs> that's what makes it creepy. If it was just a doll with a like a gross skeleton head, it'd be one thing, but it's got little blonde hair. And she stabs Michelle in the leg. And then this is like the most Stephen King line of all time. <laughs> Yakety yak. Don't talk back. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, it's like inserts like yeah. rock and roll shit from little, the 50s in the movie. Little dated pop culture reference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. And there's like, uh, you know, no, no surprise here. There's like animal carcasses all over the floor of her bedroom. Bones. Yeah. And it's like covered in and skulls and like feathers and shit. Yeah. Uh, Tex comes, grabs her from behind. We see now Tex is a bad guy. Uh, the last chance gas truck drives up as if it's supposed to be some big reveal. We know. We, <laughs> at this point, we know. Right. 
Yeah, we knew oh, Tex was a bad guy. Like, I mean, obviously, like none of this is a surprise. So this is something that also got heavily edited, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because it's fucking gruesome. Tex is like nailing Michelle to a chair. We yeah, just kind of see this through her palms. Yeah, we just see like the nails come through the wood on the bottom. Mm-hmm. But they like they shot it. They like they shot the yeah. actual thing. Yeah, it was gross in a cool way. I liked it. Uh, and Texas pounding nails. I like I, this. I actually like this line a lot. He's like hammering nails in her. He's like, so uh, how do you like Texas? And <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I mean, I'll say this is this starts the portion that I kind of enjoy. Like, I do kind of enjoy what they do here. Sure. Um, they because they're also what do they collect blood right from under her hands like in a cup or whatever yeah yeah like a drip cup yeah yeah because then they they wheel grandpa in uh they they fill up the mug with her Mm -hmm. blood and give it to grandpa and then we meet mama she wheels up uh she has fucked up legs she's in a wheelchair and has like a talk box what are those things called yeah just like a (laughs) like a i love like a a larynx yeah yeah, After like she got a, her like larynx, larynx removed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the, oh god, this is gross. So all the boys come home. They have Ryan, and they hook him up to some meat hooks. As Michelle screams, hey, "Don't you worry, we got some dark meat coming in too, Mama." Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, it's a joke that gets made over and over in these in these movies, and yep, hopefully is gone now. I think I think we're mostly done with that. Um, uh, <laughs> Tinker and Tex. I don't know why I even made a note of this, but Tinker and Tex argue about Tinker not calling Tex Tex. Like he's like, <laughs> and it's like yeah. his little struggle, like because they're brothers, I guess. And right? He's like, no, you could please call me Tex, man. <laughs> this is one of the things that I like. So I think yeah. that an interesting choice that gets made for like the next fifteen minutes of this movie. Is like you said, like it feels almost like a '90s TV movie, but I think that that's in a in a way it feels like that because it feels very like root generically domestic. Mm-hmm. Like this house, even though it has like the uh, animal carcasses and shit, I actually like that it's not like a crazy grand guignol house like of horrors. Right, right. Like it would be in the other movies where it's just like it looks like a fucking two story ranch. That like people would live in in 1990, mm-hmm. and it's like their dining room table looks like a dining room table, and there is like this sort of again this sort of like pedestrian family shit where they like argue about nicknames and the brothers like fighting with each other and stuff, and I just think it's one of the like so much of this movie is generic, but this is mm-hmm. something where it like it does make a choice to be different than the first film, so instead of just doing a bad job of aping the yeah. craziness of the first one. They're like, well, what if it was just like, this is just, it's like a sitcom. It's basically like, or not even that it's like the wonder years, but it's like, but they're all fucked up cannibals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel you on that. Um, it, yeah. I don't know that I have much more to add to that other than it. it, it there's something the, the, banality of it Mm -hmm. i guess i i don't know it just didn't work for me it did like the uh i did like this i did like this i you know i I like the little uh, um bits that we see of their family dynamic Mm -hmm. i always enjoy that in these movies like i think it's always kind of the most interesting part is like how these people function as like a family 
Um, but I think like a, as a whole, it just is a little too down the middle as we can't think of any other. Oh, phrase yeah. to use no, to I'm just I'm it. saying this part of the movie part, is the yeah. part that you know, to me I, distinguishes itself. I think this is uh, the be- very be- the beginning uh, up until like that chase mm-hmm. in the woods where they fall off the cliff. Right. That shit's good. And I think this part portion is pretty good. Uh, right. Then like the other the other kind of the in between portions don't work so well for me. I agree. Um, so the Ryan starts like moving around. He's still alive. Um. Okay. I'm getting a little a little confused with my notes here. Mm-hmm. They tape Michelle's shut Michelle's mouth shut. I don't think they kill Ryan yet. Oh no! no okay. not, oh, they're so going it come, to in it's a coming second. up. It's coming up. Yeah. yeah. And the little girl helps tape her mouth shut. And I did. It did give me a moment of like panic that took me out of the movie, where I was like, "Is it ethical to like shoot this stuff with a child actor?" I think about that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. Because there are some um, ways to shoot around those things, and you see that in some movies, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, it's like they don't stick them in the same frame as like the creep and whatever," and it's like they're their lines of dialogue are sort of separate in a way where it's like, you're not really clear what's going on, but this is like, she's fucking taping a gag in a woman's mouth. Who's, who's nailed to a chair. I think maybe she's a little bit older than like a young, young child would be. Uh, and maybe that's a little bit better. I don't know. Let me see how old she was at the time. You think she has uh, one she's of those 89. like a reverse Jack disease. She was, a, she, she has was 11 the Jack years disease. old. Okay. She has the Jack disease. She's also young Tina in Friday the 13th, part seven. Ah, Look at that. Those so movies. she, uh, at this point, she's, she's just like, you know, she knows what's going on. <laughs> she was in Pacific Palisades. It's too this late for portion her. Everybody loves. Uh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Alfredo walks around in the woods and tosses body, body parts into the swamp. Um, Leatherface puts some headphones on Michelle inside. And then Tex gives him his golden saw and has Saw's family engraved it's, on the blade. Yeah, it's like chrome. It's all chromed out. It's really flashy. So then Tinker's like, well, it looks like you got a present for a job you didn't finish. Then says a pretty insensitive line about, oh, you lost, you know, Benny in the woods, didn't you? Then he takes Leatherface's Walkman and throws it into the stove. And then Leatherface, I actually like this moment, mm-hmm. um, chokes him and then makes him reach into the hot stove to yeah. get the, with his good hand, to get the burning Walkman, which I thought that was pretty right. cool. Like Leatherface yeah. be like, no, you don't fucking pick on me. Mm-hmm. I'm Leatherface. I'm Leatherface, man. That's I'm I the s- most famous one. <laughs> you remember uh, Seth Green in Idle Hands? He goes, look at me. I'm Leatherface. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen that movie a lot. I don't know why. It's kind of fun. Anyways. Um, Benny sneaks up behind Alfredo. And he has a gun on him. This makes a very loud bang and a very big hole. And then uh, spits in his face. Benny knocks him into the swamp. One down. And I guess Benny's dead. Like, Alfredo's dead? Uh, or, do, well, no, he no. comes back. He no, comes he's back. not. But he's, we want, they want us to think he's dead. They want us to think he's dead. It depends on which version of the movie you're watching. Yeah, the original I, ending or the or the reshot ending. Right. Yeah, good point. Sorry. Um I'm that, I think it's partially why I'm getting confused. The mm-hmm. other reason I'm getting confused is I get uh Tinker and Alfredo. They look very similar. 
Yeah. Especially when um, it's fucking dark out all the time. And yeah. You know. Yeah. So uh, Leatherface looks out of his face in the mirror. Then he pulls out a speaking spell uh, and types out food. F O O D. Um, <laughs> which I, I don't know. I didn't really like this part where like, I don't, I don't love the like Leatherface is a child kind of st- yeah. stuff. I don't know. And this is like really like, oh no, he's like a simple kid when he's right. communicating with his speaking spell. But maybe I'm yeah. just being an asshole. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think I think also just like, yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of <laughs> there's like a lot of conversation going on right now on the internet, rightfully so, about Sia's new movie, Music. Mm. You know about this? Which yeah, didn't she like cast somebody to play yeah, she, it mentally? She, she cast Maddie Ziegler, uh, who is an extremely neurotypical dancer who's in all of her music videos as an autistic girl. Um, and then, like, you know, in the grand tradition of dumbasses on social media, just argued with everybody about it and how it was okay for her to do it. Right. Um, but apparently people are starting to see the movie, and it's an incredibly exaggerated, insensitive portrayal of people on the spectrum. And it's like the same thing, you know, it's, a, it's this thing that we see in the past in horror movies all the time with all sorts of marginalized groups, like whether it's you know the neuroatypical or whether it's lgbtq or even you know people of other races where it's just like you know they make like oh he's a he's he has some sort of mental illness or he is you know uh mentally disabled and as a result he's a fucking murderer right and it's that that whole idea that used to exist of like um you know, trans people, I think this is what's the movie that get the De Palma movie that gets all sorts of heat for this. Mm. Uh, what's De Palma's movie with Michael Caine? Um, uh, I don't know. Is it recent? Or no, older? no. Dress this to is kill, like, maybe? yeah, dress to kill. Yeah. Where it, again, it's like this sort this whole idea of like, oh yeah, well this, this character is trans. So they're, they are deviant. And so they're, right, a, right. they're a killer. Right. And I think you get a lot of the same thing here where it's just like, well, I don't think it's it's not particularly productive or good to be portraying people, you know, with any kind of, uh, you know, any issue really as being like, well, yeah, I mean, so he's a murderer then, of course. you know, Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it kind of gets a little bit worse coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, Leatherface brings his chainsaw to the table. Tex and Tinker kill Ryan in a way that we can't see. This is another scene that was really cut and in actuality with the thing they shot was the little girl kills Ryan, mm-hmm. which I think is way cooler. It's very creepy. And in the original script, he's supposed to be cut in half like you would do sides of beef uh-huh. or, a, or a pig, down, like split down the middle, like through That's the cool. crotch. That's what was in the script. Yeah. That's rad. I uh, wish they could have done that. Uh, look here, mama. He's got colored drawers. California. <laughs> That's like having colored underwear. <laughs> hey, man. It's 1989. So then uh, Tex and all the rest of the family want Leatherface to fuck Michelle, I guess? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Seems like it. That's certainly implied. Junior does like those private parts. Uh, he fires up his chainsaw. She screams. Benny's outside. He hears it. He starts shooting the place up. Mama gets shot. Grandpa's face gets fucking blown off. Yeah. And I can't tell if he's already dead. Maybe he's not. It's like he was it dead turns into dust. Yeah, because he was like, he yeah. 
Well, because there's also another edited scene where we see when Sally's feeding him the blood, it's draining out of his chest and soaking his shirt. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was a really cool shot. And I don't even understand why it had to be edited out. It's not overtly gory. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of gross. It is blood seeping out of a corpse, but he's already dead. Yeah, whatever. It's a fucking horror movie. Jesus Christ, it's an (laughs) R-rated horror movie. I mean, this was... The worst time for the MPA. It was. It really was. Yeah. Um, she pulls her nails out, like the nails in her palms out. Mm-hmm. Her and Tex struggle. She stabs him, runs out of the uh, of the house. Benny grabs her. Leatherface gets into his truck. The little girl turns on the floodlights around the premises. Metal music blasts. Leatherface runs down Benny. He he tries to shoot him, but he's out of bullets. Uh, he runs over Benny, but the clearance on the truck is too high, so he literally just runs mm-hmm. over him, doesn't hurt him. Yeah, he just lies down on the ground. Um, leather uh, Michelle then distracts Leatherface. Come on, you sick fucker! And then we get the line: "Fuck the flesh, give me steel." That was burned <laughs> into my memory. I'll be in hell for breakfast. Um, and then uh, Benny. Gets hit by Tex. And then, okay, so they're fighting outside. He takes a hatchet. Hatchets the gas tank. Mm-hmm. Gas starts pouring everywhere. They fight. He douses Texan gas. Yeah. Is something I you want to say, say before I get to that? Yeah. The- yeah, I just want to say, this is the second of three times, I think, that Ken Foray has like a big knockdown drag out fight in this movie. He's a great yeah. physical fighter, like he on is. screen. Yeah. He almost has like wrestling energy as far as I, like the fights go. I totally agree, especially, you know, no spoiler alert is big showdown with Leatherface coming up. It's like it feels a lot like a wrestling match in a I think in a good way. Yeah, because yeah, he's a he's he's a big guy. It seems. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But he's got good physicality. Mm hmm. Um, so he douses let uh, which one? Uh, Texan gas. Tex, yeah, this is Texan tex. gas. Then he pulls out that lighter that Sarah gave him. Good thing she gave him that. Lights it. Lights him up. He's dead. Leatherface chases Michelle. She gets caught in a snare and pulled up into the swamp, like pulled into the swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's full of bodies. Leatherface pops out with his saw. Benny knocks him into the swamp. The saw goes into the water. It's still going like an outboard motor. <laughs> um. They they wrestle, and then Benny kind of gets his head forced into the saw that cuts the side of his head. Yeah. In the original ending, he dies there. Yeah, and they show more of the saw kind of yeah. doing damage to his head. It looks cool. Mm-hmm. But this is different. This is not what, what we end up end up with. Yeah, so just to be clear, what ended up happening was they shot the movie with Ken Foray dying here in a different ending, which we'll cover when we get there. But then test audiences really liked Ken Foray, understandably, because he's better than the rest of the leads in the movie. <laughs> so they went back and they they shot an ending uh, incorporating him. Um, so I think, yeah, and I think another interesting bit of trivia, and this seems like something that could be a little bit exaggerated. It feels a tiny bit apocryphal, but supposedly they didn't even tell the director they were doing it. They like went out and shot it with the editor, like just the studio did. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's shitty. Yeah, and then so he didn't see the first time he saw it was at the premiere. <laughs> Holy shit! 
But again, it's like I, I couldn't find a good source for that outside of just like, oh, yeah, somebody said that that's what happened. So. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so he gets his head cut. Michelle bashes Leatherface with the rock. He goes under the water. He slips under the water. The sun rises. She walks out onto a California desert crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I should say, just just to, I mean, to be clear, in case you're not watching this movie, which you're probably not, like, she has sort of a, a drawn-out confrontation with Leatherface, where he hops, he, like, he he has, like, a Jason-type emergence from the swamp, like, he's alive again, pulls her in, they go back and forth. She ends up bashing him on the head with a rock a bunch of times. And it's supposed to feel like she's won. Like, it's that big cathartic mm-hmm. moment of, like, she's won the battle and she's going to stumble out of the woods now. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so she stumbles into the crossroads, has a seat. Then the last chance truck pulls up. But it's Benny. <laughs> we made it. Come on, let's get out of here. And then Alfredo comes up behind him, knocks him out, smashes the window. She grabs the shotgun from the back seat. Alfredo grabs her from behind. They struggle. And then eventually she shoots him like in the chest. They dump his body. Oh, this is a line that was repeated before. Mm. There's roadkill all over Texas. They, they drive off. Leatherface and a saw walk up the end. Yeah. And it has a very like dreamlike quality. It does. Where because it's because it was shot after the fact because it doesn't it's not really informed by what happens before it it feels yeah. it feels jarring because there was originally a different ending and what yeah what, what, yeah in that one so uh instead of the last chance truck pulling up it's a cop car and we're like oh finally she's it's safety she can get in the cop car mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then you see in the back seat is Sally with her little doll yeah and that's and, it. That's it, right? Is yeah, more the car the car cruises past her, doesn't stop for her, because it's like going to the house, right? Um, and then Sally's like waving out of the back seat, and it's like yuck. And, the, and, the, and it, it pans down to a bumper sticker that says "Don't mess with Texas." <laughs> that's cooler. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind Ken yeah. Ken for a uh, surviving this, but I don't know. That is kind of a cooler ending. Yeah, and also, anyway, I mean, all right, so. Yeah, it's just it, in the scene that they shot is like it's weird. It goes on. It feels fake. It goes on too long with her like r- struggling around with Alfredo. It's yeah, it's it's not done well. So we get uh, as far as body count goes, we get the woman in the credits an armadillo. We get Sarah, Ryan, Alfredo. Well, that's later. Yeah. Mama, grandpa. I guess he was already dead, but we see his face <laughs> explode. And then Tex. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's it. Yeah. So, Mike, who would you what would you say was your favorite death of the bunch? It sucks, man. I, I hate yeah. having to pick this when there's like bad, good deaths that were cut out of the movie. Yeah. I mean, the three best deaths all would have been from the cut, the deleted scenes that we watched for sure. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> Like I don't, there aren't any good deaths left in the movie. I guess I gotta really go with aren't. I gotta go with Tex. I mean, it's like uh, at least it's epic. He gets lit lit on fire. We get a good guy on fire stunt, and then the truck explodes. So that's yeah, it. That's, the, that's good I call. Guess. I'm gonna go with an armadillo. 
<laughs> which gets hit by the car and then crushed by Ryan with a rock. Sure. It's yeah, impactful. it's a cool scene. We we yeah. called out that scene as being like pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah so I'm going with the armadillo. Totally. In fair. lieu of that though, I did like um Ken Foray's death in the uncut version. Yeah. Where he's like heads forced into a saw. It's gross yeah. and bloody. Definitely. He had like chunks and stuff flying in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then this movie now is jeez. Oh, oh no. Oh no, this movie's 30 years old. <laughs> it's like 31 years old. Yeah. Holy shit, that sucks. Yeah. 1990. There's some things in here that I think don't age yeah. very well. <laughs> Um, Wait, are you implying that I, I that I disagree? <laughs> I think you might disagree with me. Uh, you're sick of these snowflakes being well, overly sensitive. Hey, but boy, I, oh boy. Me and my man Chris Harrison were just a little <laughs> bit worried about the cancellation police coming <laughs> to ruin people's lives just because they're racists. Um, yeah. <sighs> Jesus. Anyways, so I, in case I think this is the first the, time you ever listened to this show, I'm being very facetious. Yeah, of course, sarcastic. of course. Yes, yeah. I think the uh, some of the dialogue around <laughs> Ken Foray's character by the other guys. Yes, yeah. they are bad people. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. I would assume would be racist. You know, just looking at them. <laughs> sure. Doesn't nec- like. I don't know. Like it's kind of also a little bit funny. It's supposed to be a little bit funny. I think. Yeah. It just is not. Which kind of makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah. If they leaned into them being like having like shitty politics, mm-hmm. then <laughs> then there might be a justification for some of the language they use. Instead, it really just feels like a writer wrote it and was like, yeah, that's a funny thing they could say. And yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 And exactly. It's not. Look, it's not funny. Specifically, the dark meat thing, which is something like Freddy Krueger says, too. Yeah. In, in, Freddy versus Jason. It's like, oh, that's just. Which is 10 years later, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, some, it's actually worse. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I mean, that's the stuff that clearly ages the worst. Also, we mentioned, I I went on my little rant before, but, you know, the stuff with Leatherface uh, being sort of like childlike, stunted emotionally, mentally, you know, it's yeah. just, it's, it's not a great trope. I don't think it, I don't think it's something that should continue. Uh, here on Killstreak, we like to rate how scary these movies are, and we do so by comparing them to other famous directors for of horror. We used to do the Carpenter scale. Now we've changed to the Wes Craven scale. Mm-hmm. Huh. This is this is kind of tough, actually, for me. Um, Did you think it was scary at all? No. Yeah. No, I didn't either. Um. So, how many movies does Wes Craven have that aren't scary at all? That aren't but scary are, at all. But are trying to be sort yeah. of that are trying to be scary. I think that's, that's what I'm looking at. Um, I don't think I've never seen The Hills Have Eyes Part Two. I'm, I'm I didn't even know he directed to, Part Two. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. No. I'm assuming that is scary. Like like supposed to yeah. be scary. But yeah, I, I don't like the first Hills Have Eyes, so maybe it's not good. You know, I'll tell you a movie that. Wasn't very scary. Red Eye. Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Killian Murphy. Yeah, I can go with that. Uh, or this is about as scary as the PG-13 movie Red Eye. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, great. We're in agreement then. <laughs> Let's lock it in. It's a red eye. And then finally, should you watch this movie, 
Mary fuck kill is the rubric yeah. by which we go for here on on kill streak. Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go first. Yeah. Okay. I they'll probably make your job easier by going first. Um, I feel like this movie prose. I think it's competently made, shot, produced. It looks like a professional motion picture. None of the acting is particularly bad, which I think is honestly kind of a pleasant surprise for most horror movies. Like Mm -hmm. all of the actors are fine, but also almost none of them stand out as being particularly good either. And I think that's what I would say about the whole movie is it's just like very unremarkable. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a handful of things that I thought were kind of interesting and some interesting shots, but they're pretty few and far between. Um, It's a much more generic sequel than Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 was. Uh, For that reason, I don't think there's any real justification for telling anybody to watch it. Um, Yeah, the good didn't outweigh the pedestrian enough for me to give this anything other than uh a sort of uh insignificant kill yeah 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 i think the bottom line is i don't feel passionately about enough about this movie to give it a whole hearty wholehearted kill right but it is a kill for me <clears throat> you know i've said it a bunch of times now initially really liked this movie watching it now with modern eyes did not really care for it much at all uh, but it didn't offend me. It wasn't like yeah. so bad that it, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Which might come, <laughs> might be a factor <laughs> in the next one we watch. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. So the, for me, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you here. It's a kill. Yeah. I think, you know, an interesting thing, just cause we, we've mentioned, uh, Friday the 13th a number of times during this episode cause of the sort of vague connections, but it's like this movie, if it was in the, Friday the 13th series to me, it'd be like right in the middle of that yeah, series. Like that's you a good know, call. Yeah. Um, cause it's another big franchise, right? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not quite as big, but it's up there and it's just like, yeah, it's a real pedestrian entry. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Well, we have one segment left for you guys and you're going to hear it as soon as I refill my water bottle. See you on the other side. Okay. We're back. With the final segment here, okay, we alluded this to we alluded to this before <clears throat> earlier in the episode, and it's a thought I've had for a long time. Chainsaws are shitty weapons. <laughs> They're hard to maneuver. Uh huh. Um, you know, typically they shut off when you let go of them. They're constantly being dropped. Mm-hmm. They're hard to start. Yeah. And they're very loud, so it's hard yeah. to do any sort of stealth killing if that's your mm-hmm. intention. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so what Mike and I would like to do now is rank our five favorite horror movie weapons that I think yeah. are actually good at dismembering and killing people. Oh, so, okay, but this raises an extra, excellent question right off the bat. In your mm-hmm. criteria for this list, did you go with functionality first and foremost is that is that um i, I kind of went a little bit of both uh okay. functionality and um and kind of just like the coolness of them so that's what, what most of my list is are the ones that i just enjoy the most so i wonder if we're gonna have some different picks here which Maybe, could be yeah. which might be interesting yeah because 
Like, let's be honest. Like, I'll give an honorable mention right up top to one that you're probably who knows you could mention. So I won't go go long on it. Mm-hmm. But like one that didn't make my top five because I don't think it's really that cool, but deserves some credit would be Michael Myers with a kitchen knife, which yes. is just like it's a fully functional weapon, and it's kind of cool that they made this very like normal household object into something scary. Yeah, but. Didn't make my top five because my top five is full of things that really stuck in my head, you know. Um, and so one of my honorable mentions, uh-huh. which I'm not including because it's not a horror movie, although I guess you could say it is horrific. Uh-huh. Um, and that is Anton Chigurh's bolt gun oh, sure. from No yeah. Country for Old Men, which we mentioned in, in the first Texas mm-hmm. uh, Chainsaw Massacre. It's fucking cool. And it's also scary as shit somehow. <laughs> Yeah, it it really is. Yeah. So uh, I'll kick it off first with one of my top picks. Hey, we don't have a segment name for this, do we? It's just a top five. We do top five. Just top fives. five. Okay. Yeah. So cool. for me, so like, let's decide on a title. It's top five favorite murder weapons, horror movie murder weapons, or yeah. top five best. What's top your five, adjective? Let's do favorite. I like favorite more favorite. than best okay, because cool. that implies some sort of you know, opinion. Yeah. Rather than yeah. just like, because otherwise it'd be like, oh, I don't know. Does anybody use a gun? Cause that's probably mm-hmm. the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Favorite <laughs> makes more sense. Yeah. And I'll just say the criteria that I set for myself was it had to be a weapon that was used at least twice by sure. the killer because there's a lot of really cool single kills in, in a lot of movies. Yeah. You yeah. Know? These are more like the, the stereotypical, not the stereotypical, the, um, the, the the weapon chosen by these right. killers. Yeah, and uh, I also I ruled out bare hands, teeth, physical sure. appendages of any kind. Um yeah, that was another one of my qualifiers, I think. Yeah, same here. Uh so for number 5 for me, this is a movie that I actually don't really like. Uh I watched it recently. It is the Harvey Weinstein produced The Burning. And ah. the uh the killer in that Cropsey uses a pair of gardening shears okay. that are fucking brutal. The best part of the movie is uh, this boat kill where somebody gets stabbed, another person gets their fucking hands cut off, and it's like brutal. It's scary. There is mm-hmm. something, like to me, scarier about like when you see gardening shears just hanging up in a tool shed compared yeah. to like a knife or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, there's just something like, I don't know primitive about them that's like oh that's so sharpie bad <laughs> <laughs> well maybe it's because those are those are like the first sharp things that you really get exposed to as a kid is scissors totally yeah yeah and scissors right. are kind of they're scary man staplers yeah. too i have a fear of getting my hands stapled <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's just silly that's silly. uh <laughs> cool but yeah i mean i agree with you i think shears and scissors are viscerally frightening because you take something that's already threatening like a blade and then you introduce a simple machine to it. Yeah. And, you know, even it's though it's two not... two blades. Yeah. But, I mean, and it has a lever, right? And mm-hmm. as, you know, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, I'm, yeah. I'm with you, yeah, for sure. Um, so, with that in mind, I will see your shears and I will raise you the, I think, a movie that I know you have not seen, which I'm excited for you to watch someday. And that is the uh, almost comically large and terrifying medical shears from The Exorcist 3. Oh, yeah, um, I got to see that. I really want to see that. 
Yeah, so these just barely made my list because I think that they are used to kill at least one victim and then attempted murder of another victim with the same weapon that is quickly, that is narrowly foiled. And then they may be used on a third person, but they are like a repeat weapon for murderer in the movie. And I don't want to spoil too much for you because I will say that a lot of people out there who know that The Exorcist 3 is like a pretty underrated scary movie, one of the all-time great jump scares involves these shears. Oh, cool. Um, Something that has literally lived rent-free in my brain for 20 years. (laughs) It's just like a singularly terrifying shot. Yeah, Um, that movie has been... Like I've been wanting to watch it, but then I'm like, well, we're probably going to do Exorcist at some point in the yeah, near future. I think so. That so. stopped me from watching it. Yeah, I would like to see The Exorcist make it onto the calendar this year. I yeah, think. same here. Um, but yeah, these shears, one interesting piece of trivia about these, they don't exist in real life. They're made to seem like they're some sort of hospital tool. But in, in reality, they're just enormous shears. <laughs> like, like, but they make them feel real and like they have some sort of medical purpose, but really they're just for fucking cutting people's heads off. So, uh, yeah. so my number four is kind of along the same lines of a chainsaw, but I think mm. it's a little more, I don't know, there's something about it that's not as loud. Uh-huh. It is kind of like creepier in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm talking about the drill from the, that the driller killer uses in Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, interesting. And okay. the way that you, the way that he uses it, mm-hmm. it can poke through eyes, it can drill through chests, it can yeah. slash. There's a lot of stuff that it can do, and he does, and he's able to uh, silently kill people yeah. and stealthily kill people in a way that Leatherface is never able to. Not that Leatherface is like a stalking; he's more of like a big bombastic mm-hmm. guy. But there's something to to me that's just like creepier about a giant sure. power drill, and I think that goes back to the shears thing. Power yeah. tools scare me. <laughs> just sure, like, yeah. Just in general, I'm not a handyman. I think maybe that's... it's because I'm terrified of saws and drills. <laughs> Whereas I, as a real man, have purchased that's and own, I own a table saw and a circular saw and and a number of power drills and and drivers. Um, because I'm not afraid of my own dick. Because in reality, <laughs> what are these influence if not phalluses, right? Um, I'm not afraid of my dick. I just don't want my friend to see it when I die. <laughs> That's totally fair. It's uh, a normal. I'll it, I'll say it is a normal dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a you're a wait. You're like a waspy, right? Wasp the, French. Most I mean, of I guess us have waspy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very uh, average. Um, I'm five foot eight, nine ish. I don't know, depending on the day. I've been putting a lot of weight on my back, squatting, so I'm probably shorter than I was. Anyway, Wait. so Wait, did number you just four say you're five is five foot nine, or that your dick is nine inches long. <laughs> oh God. So anyway, as I was saying, number four <laughs> no is my average drill. penis, <laughs> extended Terrified. with a power drill. Um, yeah. Well, I'll say, you know, it that's that is a deliberate comparison that's getting made in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh and continues to be made in my number 4 pick 
which is the guitar drill from Slumber Party oh, Massacre shit. 2. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. So, wow. and, and again, going back to the differences in our lists, I think you went for the functionality. You talked about the stealthy nature. Uh, and then the second one, it's wild. It's, it's a wild movie. Uh, half of it is, is sort of hallucinatory dream sequence stuff, which I usually hate, but for some reason this movie really works for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this time we get the power drill uh, at the end of a crazy red electric guitar, um, and it is gruesome and and it's really over the top. But it's like something that I, th- I think the first time I saw that movie, I was in high school, and yeah, I've same. never forgotten the electric guitar with a power drill on the end that this evil uh, greaser rocker uses to <laughs> dispatch members of a girl group. Um, yeah. Yeah. It definitely so, sticks uh, in the brain. It's, it is a, a great invention. Yeah. For horror yeah, and movies. I, I think so. And I do think that it's like the, the, the phallus, the phallus metaphor and, and, and also just like straight text, really not metaphorical mm-hmm. phallus shit in that, in that series works very well for me. So that is my number four pick. We're my really lining three. up nicely so far. Yeah. It's crazy actually. Is. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, my number three so, whereas the drill guitar is very inventive, my number three is as workhorse as they come. Okay. Uh, and I am talking about Jason Voorhees' machete. Uh, all right. You know, there's, it's sort of, it, like I said, it's workhorse. It's deadly as fuck. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's a big, it's a big ass knife. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. a powerful man wields. It's effective. Um, and, you know, we're just finding a lot about, me and my my fear of tools <laughs> it is a it's like another thing that you see hanging up in a shed and you're like uh oh mm-hmm. uh, don't want that big sharpie to cut me <laughs> sharpies oh man oh man <laughs> this is the last episode of this podcast <laughs> I'm fucking done. <laughs> no, not really. Um, I'm just thinking about how much of a disappointment you are to like the World War II generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my grandfather who fought in World War II, and I'm here yeah. like <laughs> eating impossible meat, chili, and terrified yeah. of power tools, simping all over Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jason Voorhees, and it's wielded by a uh, capable killer. Mm-hmm. Um, the machete, it's, like, it's iconic. You know, you think of slasher movies, I think that's probably the first weapon that comes to mind. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that mine is probably the only... It's, it's on the top three of most iconic, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, your order may vary depending on what you're into. Um, my number three is one that is a little bit off the beaten path, not too far. And again, it's one that's like debatable. Is it a murder weapon throughout an entire movie? No. Does it get used more than once? Yes. Uh, and it's certainly something that stuck with me for fucking ever because there are few single injuries in the history of horror movies that send chills up and down my spine more so than those inflicted by the medical scalpel in Pet Cemetery. Oh, um, yeah. Which the creepy-ass little kid who says, boys have penises and girls have vaginas in Kindergarten Cop. Um, <laughs> but when he gets into his dad's medical tools, 
and slices up Fred Gwynn's Achilles heel with yep. a scalpel and then cuts his mouth. It is so fucking horrifying. And there's something about the precise sharpness of that weapon. And just like as a kid, I was like seeing that scene made me go. There is nothing sharper out there in the world. Sure. Yeah. Than a than a surgeon's scalpel. And that may be close to being true. I mean, I'm sure there are weird prank sharp blades and stuff, but anything you're going to encounter day to day. And I think he does. He he ultimately uses the same weapon to, to do in his mother as well. Mm -hmm. You don't, she doesn't get nearly as ceremonial ceremonious of a, of a death. But I mean, tell me that that didn't fuck you up. I mean, yeah, they're they're creepy as fuck because they're so small. The blade is so small. So sharp. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just say medical equipment also is just by nature yeah. very creepy. And I was yeah. thinking like, okay, so we all have experience with like, uh, a, I mean, you know, some of us have experience with holding a machete, certainly with a drill mm-hmm. or shears, but none of us have really touched a scalpel before. It's like an unfamiliar yeah. alien thing to most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. Um, very, very creepy stuff. Yeah, that's my number three. All right, that's a good pick. Uh, I'm struggling with the order of my next two. Okay. But I think I'm just going to go with the heart. Um, and I'm going to go with... Uh, oh, Jesus, tough. Okay, no, I know what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> this is also a wildly inventive movie, which only yeah. exists in one film series. Um, it is fascinating every time it comes out, every time it's uh. whipped out. It is... Very effective and creepy. I'm talking about the head drilling orbs from Phantasm that the tall man dispatches sure. to uh, to kill victims. If yeah. you don't know, they have their chrome orbs where blades come out of the front. They sink into your forehead and then a drill mm-hmm. drills into your forehead and then a straw basically sucks out all <laughs> of your Spout brains of blood and blood. And brains come out, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Anytime it it's always fun to watch. And yeah. it's terrifying too because yeah, they, they always get you. <laughs> yeah, uh, very good pick. Uh, I will be conspicuously silent on that one. Okay. Um, my number two pick was the only one where I think that I really let uh, you know the zeitgeist and sort of uh, the notoriety of the weapon push it up onto the list. But I also appreciate the creativity of it. Uh, and the uniqueness, it is, in my mind, probably the most iconic of all horror movie weapons, and that is Freddy Krueger's glove of knives. You son of a uh, bitch. Well, you stole my number one, you piece of shit. Yeah, that was my, that was what I was like, I don't know, should I do Freddy's glove first, or should I do Phantasm first? I'm not sure. I'll do Phantasm. Okay. Yeah, this is what you can expect from Mick and Dick Gooley. <laughs> Have the same fucking list, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Freddy glove. Um, it's fucking awesome, man. It's like it's iconic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. My five and a half year old son knows that Freddy is the one with knives for hands. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like ugh, there's. It's just I keep using this word primal, but there's something about seeing a guy with fucking knives for fingers that is just terrifying. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I do think that, you know, to my memory at least, it gets better use as a murder weapon earlier in the series. Yeah. Um, Because as they try to get more and more creative with deaths, there's a lot of wild shit. I mean, I love Dream Warriors, but my mind goes to, and I don't remember if it's Dream Warriors or the next one, but the Dick Cavett show and then like pulling the girl into yes. the TV. Yeah, yeah, I think right? it's Dream Warriors. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, they get very creative, but they also get away from one of the big strengths of Freddy Krueger, which is he's got a fucking glove of sharp ass knives. Yeah, it's true. It's underutilized eventually. Yeah, you should slash and turning stab people into roaches and... and putting them into giant roach motels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, why don't you impale somebody for fuck's sake? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my number two. What's your number one, Eric? <laughs> my number one is uh, an iconic pick, I think. Uh, it is Freddy Krueger's glove. We just talked yeah. about it. It's fucking sure. awesome. I don't think I have anything more to add to it than we've already just said. So then what's your number one, Mike? My number one, the technical term for them is sentinels. Oh, sentinels. Uh, But we all know them as the metal orbs from the Phantasm series. Yeah. The tall man's weapon. One of the things that I love about it, that series is, I mean, it's an, it's a really impressive series in that it's it's all really coming from the mind of the same guy don coscarelli who's a very interesting dude Mm -hmm. um and you know the movies sort of decline in general quality but they don't run out of interesting ideas i'll say that Mm -hmm. and i think that each of the first five movies every don coscarelli movie introduces a new kind of sentinel yes yeah um so i'm cheating because i have a list in front of me but the first one of the ones we know the best, the silver ones that that work basically the way Eric's describing it, where they just like shoot your brains and blood out. It's fucking <laughs> gory and awesome. The second movie introduces gold sentinels that have like extra tools on them and then also have people's brains inside them somehow. Um, the third movie has black sentinels. Uh, the fourth one has they make one with needles and then in the fifth mm-hmm. one they have like a bomb one like a red one that's like a suicide sphere right um, but it's just i mean it's a it's a series without that never runs out of weird ideas the execution varies as it goes on but they're always interesting yeah at for the sure. very least they're always interesting yeah and i and i think anybody who hasn't seen at least the original phantasm owes it to themselves or wait until we cover the phantasm series yeah if you want to. i'd say watch the first three i mean like yeah or at least the first two yeah i like all the first three for sure but like even the way they shoot them is really cool it's like very it's entirely practical but they just you know they're just on fishing line essentially but it's shot well and they they're terrifying it's like very scary these flying silver balls chasing you down the hallways of a mortuary yeah uh you know yeah i love it I love all these murder weapons. I just love seeing people get murdered, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with me. Move along. <laughs> all right, guys. There you have it. Um, let's get some some uh, some uh, housekeeping here. If you want to write to us, you can do so at killstreak at gmail.com uh, mm. or on Twitter at, uh, at killstreakpod. Sorry, it's killstreakpod at gmail.com. Killstreakpod mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, you can find us at killstreakpod. Pod. I'm not exactly. I can't remember what the Facebook is, but it's all yeah. Facebook Killstreak Podcast. It's always Killstreak Pod. Yeah, I would say uh, Twitter is probably the more active one, followed by Instagram, Facebook. Check out if that's you know if you're a boomer. 
aunt of mine. <laughs> um, leave us a voicemail. You can do that at the, our Anchor website, which is anchor.fm slash killstreakpod. We always play the, you know, the um, voicemails on yeah. the air unless, you know, you're saying something fucking crazy. That hasn't happened yet. We would love to hear from you. Also, mm-hmm. tell us what your favorite um, horror movie weapons are. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. And let me know if there are other good movies that use scalpels or other creepy medical devices. I think that's that's an interesting trend that I'd like to follow. Yeah. Uh, what's the Cronenberg uh, one The um, with Jeremy Irons? Oh yeah, uh the the twins movie. Uh fucking uh, <laughs> that one. The dead 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 ringers. Dead ringers. Dead ringers. Yeah. It's a creepy movie. Deadpool. Yeah. Go figure. Cronenberg <laughs> Cronenberg made a creepy movie. I love that guy. He's okay. Uh, I'm clearly running out of steam here. I don't know why I'm so sleepy right now. <laughs> next um, week. What's next happening week, next week? We are going to be doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation? Is that what yes, it's called? I should have right. looked it up before I said it. 1995. The yeah, the fourth one. The last one we're going to cover in this run. We are ignoring the remakes, the prequels, and all that trash for now. We might yeah. get there eventually. Maybe not. Those movies are all pretty bad. Um, this one's this, interesting. I, I I saw it once. I remember very little, but it's here. directed by Kim Henkel, uh, who worked on, who co-wrote the script of the first one. And it also has Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey in it. Oh, yeah. Which That's is right. wild. Yeah, uh, looks like it's just available for rent. This is a mm-hmm. rental. Uh, I'm excited to watch it uh, again. I, I've I've only seen it once. Didn't yep. really think much of it. I was more confused than anything. And but maybe mm-hmm. that will play to its advantage this time around. Sure. Yeah, I don't think I was paying too much attention the first time I watched it. So no, I'd be. I'm hopeful that it has something interesting going on. And if it doesn't, you'll hear us bitch about that here next week. Oh, we're also we're also going to do the ratings next week too. We're going to rank them. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we're uh, we're working on some minor format shifting, and for the time being, especially on these shorter runs, we're gonna, uh, yeah, like we did with the, the Drac off last month, we're gonna do our wrap up on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre first four that we watched uh, at the end of the episode next week. So stay tuned for that as well. Hell yeah! And as always, fuck the flesh. Give me steel. <laughs>